Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. Thursday on DGS, it's 2.04, Hancock and Kelly, plus Junior. Hi, Junior. How's it going? What's it like watching these two go at it like that? No, it's great. It takes me back. Uh, I remember, you know, when I was much younger, uh, listening to the radio, I'm like, who's this guy on him? Why is he being mean to dad? And now it turns <laughs> out he's, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, gosh, and he's, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think that was. <laughs> well, that, that must be one of your other family members. Oh, it's good to have you. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk some football later in the hour. Because uh, I know that's your area of expertise. I'm a sports nerd, so we'll look forward to doing some NFL stuff uh, in a little bit. Uh, but I want to throw this at you guys. I told you before the show I wanted to do this because we're about to flip to the new calendar year. Yeah, yeah. And this does, this can be this is a lot less about policy than it is about procedure. All right. What's an election year like for you guys? Like, and, and has it changed? Because I feel like election season never stops. I feel like this presidential campaign has been going on for 17 years. Like it never well, it pretty stops. much stops. Yeah. It feels like it never stops. But what changes when you actually get into an election year, or does it? I don't know that much changes from my perspective. I mean, what Kevin, when a, when one election ends, uh, meaning that we have the actual election day, uh, it's not but a month or two after that that the next Just one on. starts. You got to start thinking about candidates that are going to run, and so. Much like a football coach, you know, we're putting together plans uh, a year out, sometimes six months out. And then during election year, you're essentially just executing on those plans. Now, you have to do what I call surfing. I don't know what John calls it, which is you've got a plan. You've got your surfboard. You've got your plan. You're executing it. But waves are going to come. And you've got to be ready to pivot and move and be prepared. But now we're just kind of into the uh, the execution mode. It may be a little early. It's still raising money. But the plans are there. The, the the thought process is put in place, and and now it's just implementing the strategy. Game time. Yeah, it's game time now. Totally. Yeah, I, for me, I've been doing this a long time, and so there are off year cycles and presidential cycles. So we're in a presidential cycle. So this is, is this bigger? It's bigger. Well, yeah. it's bigger in Missouri because it's also the gu- gubernatorial cycle. Right. Right. And you know, two out of three of those, you'll have a U.S. Senate race too. Um, in the state. So this is a big year for me. 
I've been intimately involved in governor's campaigns or, you know, even back to my own campaigns back in the day for 30 years. And uh, up until Trump, I was very actively engaged in, in both of the George W. Bush campaigns. Uh, I worked 11 states for Romney in 08 when he wasn't the nominee uh, and then was very involved with Romney in 12. So the presidential component of that is different. I don't have anything. I haven't had anything to do with the presidential race since 12. And But very involved in the governor's race here in Missouri. And I love the presidential cycle because it's so consequential and there's so much to do and there's a lot of big things at stake. And it also, in terms of public policy, this is the cycle that leads to what will become 2025, which should be, from, from a public policy standpoint, the most consequential year of a four-year cycle in terms of legislation at the federal level, at the state level. Stuff gets done right after a statewide or presidential election in a way that it doesn't get done in any of those other three hmm. years. So uh, it has which, big meaning in that regard. Which means we're going into the year that's the least yeah. effective and as it relates to governing. Nothing, nothing it's, happens it's just except a, the lead up to the election. That's yeah, it. and most yeah. of the bills that are introduced are bi- introduced for show. Yep. They're show extremist horses. to okay. kind of entice whatever constituency you're trying to fire just up. Just like I, you can say, I tried. Uh, yeah. This is something I pushed. How about, um, I, I know I've asked you guys and I think you have made very strong arguments against what I've asked about is like limiting yep. the influence of money in politics. And I think you guys have answered those things very well and made very good points about it. What do you think about systems that limit the amount of time you're actually allowed to campaign? It's like, for example, in, in the UK, right? you can't campaign all year. It's, a, it's against well, the law. They, they call the election and they have the election. Well, Our elections are on the calendar. No, but I mean, like you have, a, but even when they are scheduled, you have basically a yeah. month. You're allowed to campaign for on a month. And that's it. And right, 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 right. I mean, you can, you can yeah. go around and speak to people. You can yeah. go do that, but you can't run ads. You can't do all that. Well, is that, is that just because they have old ways no, of doing things or is we, there anything to that? They don't have the first amendment. We do. Um, and the first amendment, I, I don't think there'll ever be any limitations on Campaign speech, campaign because campaigns are essentially speech. Uh, and oddly enough, did you know that England doesn't have the First Amendment? I mean, no, they have I know. The freedom they of don't. The press, but yeah. I mean, you, you can't just walk out and say, "Hey, you're a bum, King." Like they, when he, I mean, you can, by, but can, yeah, they can bust once. Him. You're risking yeah. it. <laughs> Back in the old days, you probably. I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by that nation. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by why they still cling to some of the old when the day to day is the new. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not we're 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 still a baby. Mm. Like as a nation, we're still a baby. Yeah, we've been around very, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby's always a little chunky, right? We always, <laughs> that's why they come get the term baby fat. But like we're still really new compared to almost every other nation on Earth, as far as just being, just being. Our for you know maybe there are governments that are newer. Different political leadership. Obviously, it's different in Russia than it was under the Soviet Union. And like those things have changed. But Russia's been there forever. We've only been here as a nation for a couple hundred years, a little more than a couple hundred years. I'm interested in that dynamic, just how we are still very new, yet we're we're still the biggest influence on the planet. We are today and haven't always been, uh, but we are today and probably we won't always be the dominant influence in the planet. And in fact, some of that debate is really, I mean, when you peel away all of the, 
all the showbiz and the over-the-top rhetoric and, you know, part of the debate in this country right now, certainly just within my party, is what role should America play in the world? And there's a there's a growing fundamental divide there uh, in, in terms – there's a whole lot of voices emerging. And you think about Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, another one. Uh, that really believe that America is best served focusing in on ourselves, disengaging from action in the world, uh, curtailing our interdependence globally for the economy, um, becoming a, a self-sustaining manufacturing island in the world. That's a, a an isolationist mindset from the 50s and before that's really beginning to emerge Rand Paul, another one of those voices in the Republican Party, versus those that are uh, that believe that the world is better, safer, um, more um, functional if the United States is an active participant and leading the world. And that's a debate that's happening right now in this totally. country. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but as as an American citizen, I like when we're making the decisions as opposed to others. Uh, there's a political thought process, and I, I'm going to bastardize it a little bit here, but I'll get the general points right, that if you go back and look at the empires of the world, that they always have gotten shorter, whether it be the Greeks to the Romans to the Persians to the blah, 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 to the British. Many people would say we're in the American age of the, the empires, uh, and it will be one of the shortest of all of those empires, which means that China may be the next emerging empire and their their reign may be even shorter. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea there because I mean in general everything's speeding up, right? Change mm-hmm. speeds up as technology speeds up, which I think would lead to the. I mean, I think that's if that exists, that's probably why. Because when you look at the beginning of the Greek reign or the Greek you know dynasty yeah. to the end of it, there wasn't much change. Oh well, you were writing it down like, in stone, <laughs> right? There wasn't much scientific change in the world. We were the same. I mean, human beings. For tens of thousands of years, and then all, and I wouldn't say all of a sudden, but progress is going to multiply, right? It's always going to be faster, 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 because each innovation makes something move faster. So change is going to come along with that. So I don't know that that's necessarily, I think that's correct. I don't know that it's necessarily, people see it as a negative. I don't think it means we're doing anything wrong. It just means that's how fast things can change. I mean, yeah, but we don't need to be helping. perpetuated. I mean, right now, one of the things that Russia and Iran just announced is they're no longer going to participate in trading in dollars. Uh, They want to change the trading to uh, whatever they call it in China. I don't know. And that's, you know, needs to be concerned. Once we quit trading in dollars, um, right now, the world is communicating on our level. Uh, Why would we want to surrender that? Why would we want to allow the, you know, the China, which is why I don't understand why we want to let Vladimir Putin take over Ukraine or Hamas, you know, take over Israel. This is all going to be an assault on essentially what is American exceptionalism, which used to be something we were all uh, supportive of. Hey, and in your world, I think the same things happen from sports with golf and live. I mean, what's ultimately happening with the golf is – they're trying to topple the the dominance of the American empire in the world as it relates to world sport and recenter it around the Middle East and uh, in, in the Far East. Here's the thing that I – and I've been reading a lot about this just given things that are going on in the world. And I've found a few people that are uh, retired military intelligence people who, can, who have really analyzed the, quote, enemies of the U.S. Uh-huh. And 
they're not a threat to us. China's not a threat to us right now. They have bodies, like, in the military, but they have, like, I'm trying to remember the number, but, like, people are like, well, they have a larger Navy. Yes, in terms of number of boats, but in terms of tonnage, in terms yeah. of what this boat carries, they're not even close. Like, militarily, nobody's close to the United sure, States. Sure, but I don't think China's threat and ultimate way to topple America necessarily is military. They right. make everything for us. Well, sure. We can't function without makes, them But creating. that makes them reliant on us as well. Because if, if, if that's my point. Because well, they can't, you know, somebody, I, 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 we just played this audio maybe a week or two ago, but this idea that somehow China owns the United States and could come calling. They don't. They don't. They can't call on their debt. They have bonds. The bonds mature at a certain maturity date. They can't just call us and say, what you owe us, you have to give us now. It doesn't work that way. And they only own like 4% of the national debt. Most of it is owned internally. Most of it is owned within the United States. Well, now we're monetizing that. We're not even yeah. selling the bonds right. anymore. Was, it, here's, here's the, I mean, the global economic threat that China presents, I think, I've looked at what they are doing in Africa over the last decade or more. And China is a very long-range planning society. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, it, I think they believe they could grow a consumer class in Africa over time that would make the consumer class in America much less important to them. Uh, potentially, and they're I, making inroads in Brazil as well. No question. Right, but I mean, are we talking two hundred years? I don't know. How don't long know. before poor countries have the buying power the United know. States has? I don't know. And I, I mean, like, well, the most there, important a reason, thing those poor countries have are resources, yes. natural resources. Well, there's which a reason why they're there too. There's a reason why President Xi was here, though, because their economy sucks. Yep, they're they're in getting it. hammered, and what they ended up doing was they overinvested in real estate, and now it's all tanking. They have a massive unemployment problem. So China's economy is way worse than ours right now. And yet we hear people treat it like, oh, look out, China's coming for us. They can't. They literally can't. And they are as reliant on us now. If we were to pull out and say, we're not buying anything from you anymore, they're done. Because Africa's not ready to buy that stuff. And they're Brazil's not ready, not ready to buy that stuff. And I mean, I, I think we we do a little too. I'm not saying we shouldn't be long-term planning like you're saying. Mm -hmm. We should obviously be taking care to not put ourselves in vulnerable positions. But it's but nobody in that is in that kind of I mean Russia's a disaster. No, oh, Russia's not a threat. They're a disaster. Right. Iran can't project any power outside of their own borders other than what they do with funding terrorist groups. But and I'm not saying that we don't have opposition and that we shouldn't take I'm saying we shouldn't be looking at it like oh my god, China they, China does not want us to go anywhere. Not now. Maybe, again, maybe 100 years from now, but we have a lot of time to make sure we don't allow that to happen. We are in a position at this moment where we are still in control. Well, but the decision makers and some of the things that we're up to right now don't give me great hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the, here's the short-term threat that China poses. They have hegemonic designs over all of Asia. That includes Japan, ultimately, and certainly um, to the east, Taiwan. And that that's a more imminent threat that we face and how we respond to that and deal with that. Do you just let that happen? And if, it, if you just let it happen, what's the impact of that globally and economically and every way else? It's uh, they're a real threat.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. These weeks are weird. Like this week between Christmas and New Year's is always weird to me. Like real world is kind of back, but not really. Like, you know, stuff's open. It's not closed like it is on the holiday itself. Although even now there's more things that are open when like we've driven on Christmas Day to go out of town to visit people. And the truck stops are open and things like that where years ago nothing would be. But this is just that weird in-between time where... It's back, but like you pull into our garage and there's nobody here. Right. It feels like being here on a Saturday, but then normal thing, other thing, you know, every, banks are open. Everything else is kind of normal. I don't know. It's a weird kind of though. But I mean, a lot of the big manufacturers and the big buildings that, you know, owners, they, they shut down between Christmas and New Year's. But you're right. The the banks still go. The the market still goes. The post office. Yeah. Well, still delivers the mail. Well, I, I don't <laughs> notice a difference. I, I don't know if I told him. I told John this. I'd. My office about a block and a half from here. We maybe get mail three times a week. the The mail that really comes, the mail that comes. Six I would think you guys would get a lot just given what you do. Oh yeah, no, they, it they comes. don't deliver when it. it comes. <laughs> they don't it shows up and, and boxes. Okay, okay, but okay. I mean, I'm lucky to get mail to show up. Is that three I, times a week? Is that something that's you think is going to go away? <laughs> I hope not. Mail? Like like just in general, like. The post office That's how is the really what I'm put talking about. People in jail. <laughs> I'm talking about the post office, not just deliveries, right? Mostly because, I mean, like, aren't they getting killed? Like every year, they're losing money, and it's almost impossible to keep up. And so much of what we do now is electronic anyway. 
Like I don't pay any bills using the mail. I pay my bills online. I don't I don't send my my favorite uncle a letter. I send him a text or an email. Like I feel like that's kind of going away. Is that something that's going to be one of those things like, hey, you remember that service that used to take anything you want for a it sticker? Could. And- could. I didn't take a long that that's a deeply rooted institution, the US Post Office. Yeah. And um It's still the best deal in the world, too. For oh no, it is, but that's 60 why cents you can send something from here to LA yeah, tomorrow. That's, that's kind of why I'm wondering if it's gonna have to go if it I don't mean like I want it to. I'm just saying I just wonder if it's one of those things that eventually is gonna be like, Yeah, we can't do this anymore. Maybe. We can't keep I mean, up. could it be privatized or something like that? Potentially. A lot of people say that the post office would be able to sustain on itself if it wasn't for a lot of the obligations it has with the federal government, et cetera. I'll tell you what's interesting in my in our world, politics. So you got to a place, you know, part of every campaign is the direct mail campaign. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. sending literature like out that, and so, so forth. And 25 <laughs> years ago, when everything was coming through the mail, uh, your political stuff would get lost or it gets tossed immediately. Now... You may only have four or five pieces of stuff in your mailbox on a daily basis, and if one of them is a oversized political print thing, the the and I've seen numbers on this. People are more likely to read political mail today than they were twenty five years ago. Really? Yeah. Like actual mail? Yeah. Just a, right. Wow. Because it's something it's to because, read. Yeah, and maybe they trust it better because there's, I, I'm skeptical of almost everything I read online anymore. I'm like, right. okay, is this is it real? Yeah. Is this really the New York Times website or is this some ghost site uh-huh. or blah blah blah? That's fascinating. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't read any of them that come to my house. Yeah. They just go recycle. Yeah. So living in apartments, I always get mail from the you know, prior tenants. <laughs> oh, keeps yeah. In and there are new names that pop up probably have been there. You collection letters coming in looking Ooh. for you know some guy I'd never heard of. And right. Just hand it to the front desk and say, hey, do, do what you need to do. Throw in the <laughs> shredder. I won't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I live in a building too, and I, I get a lot of mail for people that used to live there and et cetera, whatnot. Yeah. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that no. mail. I usually just take it back down to the buildings yeah. like where you would mail stuff and like throw it in there. Like, Hey dude, this, you know, yeah, just hand it to me. the front desk. And- right. Well, that's, that's when you fancy up there in Chicago, you got a front desk and a door, man. <laughs> I say, Jeeves, will you please pull around my car? I'd like, like to head so on will, out to the... So my building just sold, though, and I guess the previous door staff was too expensive, so they fired everybody, and the new people are just much, much lower quality. <laughs> wow. Well, you just, help was hard to you find. Could be a business you opportunity door there. staff. The door, the door men, the door, the door people. We're progressive in Chicago. It's not, it's not a door. Yeah, I'm just the point is that you have a staff for exactly. your door. <laughs> I got I, no I'm door my man. own door staff. Well, I've got a door staff. His name is Gus. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he uh, a welcoming door staff? Uh, well, if he knows you. Really? Yeah, if he knows you. So, like, you, he doesn't know me. If I showed up it, at your it would house. Not, it would not be good. Oh, really? What would he do? He, what would he do? Yeah. Is he a, is he a fighter? He's not a fighter. Not, but nonstop barking. Yeah. I just bark he would at see you? you and assume your intention was to, you know, kill everyone he in the thinks house, every yeah. He thinks every package that comes to the door is a bomb. So, like, <laughs> but if I walked in, if you guys, in, if I came over, just knock, knock, and you're yeah. like, oh, come on in, have a drink. He would not be okay with that. He would bark. Now, it's the problem. You would have a worse problem if you stood frozen at the doorstep. Yeah, yeah. You, if, but if you just walked in and acted normally, then it, his explosion would be. And he doesn't bite. He just barks. He yeah. just barks. You'd have to nail yeah. the first impression. So, that like, 10 if you. Yeah. So, like, because I'm, I'm 
I've been in that situation many times. I'm yeah. fine with dogs. I know I can yeah. tell when they're being actually mean versus just right. you know think they're doing their job. So if I just walked in casually, kept calm, and grabbed a treat of it, like and oh. handed him that, and then wow, I, the treat's over. It's all it's over. over at that He's point. good. Yeah. See, because I have little dogs, right? I have two yeah. little thirteen pound yeah. little craps. And they will, they go nuts. If people walk in, they bark, bark, bark. Yeah. But they want you to sit down so they can jump on you. Yeah. Because yeah. they love people. Yeah. yeah. Like they will bark until you sit. And as soon as you sit, they're like all on top of you <laughs> trying to say hello to you. And I've been, I'm like, I've had all different kinds of dogs and I've been around all of them. And usually it's the people that just act normal that don't have any problems. That's right. That's if you exactly just right. act normal and you don't, you but don't, if you freak out at the dog, it's all, it's all over, game over. He just thinks he's the boss. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So don't do that, Wheels. Yeah, if you guys come into my house, just sit down. The dogs will stop barking because really? they'll be jumping on you. Yeah, I'm not a dog person. <laughs> You'll love. Well, imagine that, that the guy that takes seven showers a day. <laughs> <laughs> True that. He's like dogs can't lick me. No, his oh, washing machine is never they're... not running. Where have those paws been? Exactly. <laughs> Wheels. Where have they been? I can tell you. Nowhere good. <laughs> We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Song's taking too long to get to the point. <laughs> I love sweet emotion, but like, get to the point. <laughs> you got to have the you know the build up there. Well, yeah, I know, but it's a little too slow and it's a little too long. Like, you got to get to the get to the good stuff a little sooner. Oh, huh. yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of. I mean, I like Aerosmith. Obviously, that's an all time great classic rock song, but it's a little bit too much build up. Really. A huh. little bit too much buildup. 
You wouldn't um, like uh, close to the edge by yes, then, <laughs> if you don't like don't a long like, build. I mean, no, I mean, it, I, I like a buildup, but I don't want it to be so long where if you're, you're like listening to you're like, all right, just get to the part. But by the way, you used a term for yes the other day that I had never heard before. Prog rock. Yeah, Prog yeah, rock. Yeah. Did you had you known that with that? Yeah, I know. Okay, that. I guess and it's I was rush. Yeah, yes. the only person who didn't know what prog rock. Was. Yeah, well, it happens. It's not my. It's not really my. I my I always thought you were a progressive. Genre. Progressive. Rock. Oh, I like progressive rock. <laughs> yeah, you're a progressive. Yeah. King Crimson. You look King like Crimson. One. Yeah. An advisor over at the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. You're so in, so progressive. <laughs> yeah, I do. They'd love me over there. Uh, right in. I, um, are you guys, Michael? You said something uh, last segment about like you don't know. You're, you're not sure if you can believe what you're seeing when you're looking at it online, and it just kind of jogged my the, the the thought we talked about earlier. Like, are you guys is is Twitter going crazy for you guys too? Yes. So, like the ads I'm getting are insane. Last week we talked about this on DGS. Um, Rachel was was irritated by it. My wife texted and she's like, "I'm getting the same ones." There's these nonstop bra ads that women are getting, and it's like uh, an older woman who's like using scissors and cutting her bra, and then it goes into a bra ad, right? And it's super weird, and it was, I mean, it's super cringe when wait, you look at you, it. Wait till you get to be my age. We also, I'm starting to get bra ads. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and, and, here, and what we found out with that one was if you blocked it, it didn't matter because it was it had, it has endless handles. Hmm. Like, it, they have, like, thousands of accounts all sending the same thing out. And I'm seeing that for other things. I'm seeing that right now for anti-vax ads. Wow, I'm seeing that for Saudi Arabia ads. Right, you know we talk about live and sports washing. I'm looking at an ad right now on Twitter from December 20th. I bookmarked it because I wanted to talk about this, but it's just a tweet and it is an ad. This is not just a tweet. Um, It's FT Partner Content is the handle, which means nothing to me. But it says Saudi Arabia is not building the cities of the future, but the cities of many futures. And then click this image of that you know that long city that they're going to build. It looks like a mirror. Like they are using Twitter to try to soften their image, which is obviously what they're doing with Live. They're sports right. washing, but I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing like ads for uh, the the anti vaxxers are putting ads out now, like like three minute long videos that are coming in the form of an ad. Um, and I don't know how to poli- put this politely, but over the weekend I saw another set of ads, and I blocked one or two, and then they just kept coming. Was an ad for let's just call it um, Horn. a male enhancement supplement, and in the background there's a dude who's shirtless and he's just shredded, right? I mean, like you know, he looks like he's a bodybuilder, yeah, like Michael Kelly, uh-huh. and and it's like you can be bigger and stronger, and then it continues on, and they've got the uh, the eggplant emoji <laughs> all over the this this ad, and the guy that's toward the front is just in underwear. And there's a lot of there there. Yeah. And it's very prominent. It's got a billy club hidden there. In yeah, pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yes. It's a, it's I've a, gotten that same ad. It's like a Louisville slugger. And it's like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, just putting giant members. Well, I don't know that we are. I, I, well, I don't mean that, we. I mean, no, like, I think that particular, because uh, I am not getting that in my uh, Instagram feed. I'm only seeing it on my Twitter. And the other thing that's happening on my Twitter, I mean, I, I was telling the guys in the off. About eighty percent of what I follow, or fifty percent of what I follow, is politics. The rest is sports and yeah. pop culture. Uh, and of that fifty percent, eighty percent is probably left to center. But 
the algorithm sends me the most extreme right wing stuff. Really? You? Like, and I, yeah, and I don't get it because it's not, <laughs> not going to register with me. It's not like I'm going to follow. And so I'm beginning to think it's more intentional than it is uh, circumstance. Uh, I, I think part of it, too, is the, the, the a lot of major advertisers have just pulled out of that platform altogether. And so now they're selling to people with Facebook well, and Instagram and that stuff. Well, yeah. You got my pillow on Twitter. <laughs> That's I mean, I wouldn't be okay with my pillow ads. I'm not going to buy one, but I mean, I, I just, I have cheap old pillows and they're fine. I don't need anything. I don't need to get anything special, but like, I, I don't. But these I are don't, freedom pillows. I, I just. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I probably okay. need to get those. Um, I don't. Here's what I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why Elon bought Twitter to begin with. Ego. And, and yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But even with all of this, all of the quote unquote lost value of Twitter, his net worth has gone up. He's still the richest man on earth. Isn't it a little weird that the richest man on earth is so desperate? I will take any random stupid products money. Like what? He's charging You're, eight dollars for a blue check mark. Well, this is my point. Yeah. Like who? He, he. I saw this. He could lose all of the forty billion that he spent on Twitter. It. It doesn't even. He's still the richest man in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By a lot. Yeah. So what? Are, what are we even? This is why I say, what are we even doing? At what point? Do you not look at this and feel shame? Like you're the richest man in the world and you're just accepting money from people that want to put big old. Right. Those. Big old. That. Billy clubs. Members. Like prominently in an ad for, you know, a yeah. supplement that's supposed to make it grow larger. Yeah. You and it's like. You should want Rolex to be advertising on there. I mean, and not yes. Aren't Johnson's you? just all over the place. <laughs> is, is, yes, exactly. Johnson's is the good way to put it. Thank you for that. Um, I guess that's kind of where I'm going is at what is there no shame? Like the richest man in the world is taking ads from the dumbest product. I mean, most of what you see on the ads are like horribly made low class like chinese products that are just they're they're you can tell they're trash tell you what you don't see on there is johnson and johnson you know, you're right no, right they, they don't they don't advertise <laughs> right. ever since he did that anti but if you're stuff. so brilliant if you're such a success i mean you're gonna you want to you want to go to mars and you are like legitimately doing great things with spacex like interesting things and yet you're also like Selling these lame, terrible ads because you've scared everyone else well, away. He's, he, look, he's he's, and we've all got issues. But I mean, this guy's got issues. I mean, it, it's and he's demonstrated that now to all of us by buying Twitter. Uh, and I, Who I do don't know what it is. Issues? Who he he or Donald Trump? Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting. <laughs> I think they have a lot of the same issues, and and I think the root of them. Oh, I'm no psychiatrist. Uh, but I think the root of them is a profound insecurity, daddy issues. Yeah. Well, whatever it is. But I, you know, for for all of the people to talk about Donald Trump and the strength that he has, and da da da. I mean, when you look at him and you look at his rhetoric, and I think Elon Musk is much the same. They are profoundly insecure people, and and it manifests itself in in their attitudes and so, behaviors. Well, to that point, he's the richest man, and the other guy was the most powerful man on the planet. Are they connecting because most of us see ourselves in them? We're insecure? 
Oh, I think, yeah. And we're like, hey, there's a person who knows how to deal with their insecurities. I think with Trump, there's a lot of that. People say this guy just gets up, says whatever the hell he's thinking, and you know, people wish they could do that. And I think that definitely played a role in why he did resonate. I think that's true with Elon, too. I think a lot of the Elon bros are like, he gets to say whatever he wants. I wish I could do that. And I don't wish, I mean, I could do that, but we, I mean, like, you can't because if you do, you'll get fired. Nobody's going to fire Elon because he's the richest man in the world. He owns all the stuff. Yeah. What I can never understand, and this is why I think to a degree, I'm not saying you're, you're bat, crap, crazy or anything, but to a degree, to reach that level of wealth, you have to have something wrong with you. Because at some point, at some point, don't you go, I won, I'm good. No. Because I, if I'm in that spot, if I'm Elon, the last thing I'm doing is seeking attention on Twitter. I'm on a beach somewhere. I'm just doing whatever I want every day, all day, nonstop. I'm having fun every day because I'm so rich, I don't need to do anything else. I think the fundamental rule of stuff and things is that you can never have enough. And and I think for most people, and enough of whatever, people that collect precious moments, you can never have enough. And uh, but when people do that, yeah, we call them hoarders, <laughs> right? When people get too much of anything, we call them hoarders, yeah. and then we have interventions. <laughs> Yet to be a billionaire, you are a hoarder. You're just hoarding. You're hoarding wealth, right? But that's okay. We look at that and we're like, totally fine. You guys go ahead and. And by the way, I'm not saying there should be laws about. It. I'm just saying we can we can look at them and well, say there's clearly something. Now I don't think there was necessarily anything wrong with, or, or there is anything wrong with Warren Buffett. He doesn't strike me as the crazy person that needs attention all the time. He's bought. He's in the game, and the game to him is the mental side of this, and it happens to make him money. Some of these guys cannot get enough attention to satisfy them. Well, attention is is They have a black hole inside them. For Warren Buffett, it might be money. He can't get enough money. Does he strike you that way? Because he doesn't spend it. Yeah, well, he doesn't care about it. I think at that level, these guys just have an unnatural drive for to succeed and a well, next level ambition. You, like even Tom Brady, I mean, he was never fulfilled. He blew up his marriage just to come back for one more year. That's where I was going to go is that, I mean, you always hear these stories about doctors who get what they call a God complex because, you know, they can save lives and all of a sudden they start to believe their own press. And I think that's what happens. I mean, when, when you especially in the culture and society we live in today, and this isn't new. You can think back to the Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans of the world. We've always given deity status almost like to rich people. We look to them for so many, I mean, is, is Elon really? We, we, we all know what he thinks on world policy and stuff because he he's rich, us. and we had to ask him, and we wanted to know. But is he any smarter on this stuff than us? No, he came up with a good idea on you know, let's make cars that are just a giant golf cart. Um, and he figured that out and how to commercialize it and started a new whole industry. But I think he believes most of the stuff. Because if 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 Elon Musk walked into this building right now, even if we had a Cardinal game, I bet they'd interrupt it to talk to him. I would call him names. <laughs> I would make him very unhappy. Because I know that he needs the other. Well, he does he need, need He needs the ass kissing, and I'm not giving it to him. Yeah, well, I mean, there's I'm a lot give him of people. the opposite because what he actually needs is people to tell him no and people to tell him that's stupid because so many, all of us have that in our lives. We have family members, friends, husbands, wives. We all have in our lives the people that are like, stop being an idiot. You're ruining the party. 
Yeah, but and I don't people think at that level don't have anybody that tells no, that, them that. That is correct. He can't help it, and we give him no. attention. I mean, if you're Donald Trump, you were the most powerful person on the planet, and now you're going back and attacking the director of Home Alone Two <laughs> because he said you you know something about you in 1980. Like, really? It goes back to my point. There's something wrong with the people uh, that are like this, right? football. I know we did a little bit early, but we got our resident football analyst in here. <laughs> Junior. How's it going? How's it going? Where do we want to go first? We, we already did the Taylor Swift thing, so we don't have to do that anymore unless we missed something there. Um, but I, uh, I'm i fascinated by a couple of things. Obviously, you know, sports dork. Um, I'm really interested to get the room's thoughts on this whole Russell Wilson thing. Uh, because this is, yes, it's a football topic, but I think it's also a, a bit beyond that too when it comes to terms of a contract and the spirit of a contract and the spirit of a rule versus the reality of the situation. And for those that don't know, Russell Wilson has been benched by the Denver Broncos, not for performance, even though they're saying it's for performance, but because if he gets hurt in these last two games, his money for 2025 then becomes guaranteed and it's $37 million. So they don't want to risk the money, which again, all fine and dandy, but I just don't know why we have to play this game. What do you guys think of just the the, the game being played here? Because players do this, right? I mean, players, I'll use uh, Miguel Cabrera as an example, has been terrible for years. He didn't retire. He didn't walk away from his guaranteed money. He just kept playing, even though he was terrible. He kept playing and kept making $32 million a year. I'm not, I'm not sure there's a problem with this. But it is interesting, the games we play, and it kind of ties into the money stuff we were just talking about. Yeah, so it came out, uh, this conversation happened a few weeks ago. Uh, they, you know, threatened to bench him over this, and then they won a few games, and then they, you know, finally finally took a loss, and it seems like Sean Payton has had enough with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, they made a move this offseason that was kind of interesting. They signed Jared Stidham to be the backup quarterback at a, you know, pretty hefty cost for a backup. Um and it seems like Peyton was kind of ready in the back of his mind to make this move if he had to. Uh, and Russell Wilson has not performed at the level he did with Seattle at all. Didn't even come close. Last year was an unmitigated disaster. Now they don't want to be on the hook for this money. And, you know, they decided they'll just take the loss next year, take the dead cap space the next two years, and move on from Russell Wilson this offseason. Yeah. And they could still do that even if that money's guaranteed, but they would have to pay it to him. Yep. And if he and, and it's only if he gets hurt. Like if he played the last two games and he didn't get hurt, uh there would be no issue there. What what I'm I'm curious, Michael, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as a union guy. Oh boy. Because I'm surprised that the NFLPA is not making a bigger deal of this. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard case to make when you got a guy who's worth 150 million. Uh, I don't understand uh, the that players union and how it works, so I can't really speak to it. I mean, so, I'd like somebody to give me a hundred million dollars to go away. Yeah, I mean, nobody's put it this way. Nobody's crying. I'm not <laughs> going to probably start a GoFundMe. Let's page. go. Let's I'm not, go. not going to cry a river for Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson will never hurt for money you the think rest he gets of his another life. Place? I'm sure somebody will give him a job. Yes, and it won't be for that because he won't need it because he's already getting this money. He's already guaranteed. He's already received a bunch, but he's going to get. 
he's got next year guaranteed already, which I think is thirty eight, thirty nine million. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think he will definitely get a job. But the thing that I'm always fascinated by is the deceptive nature of this. Russell Russell Wilson is eighth. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Seventh in the NFL in quarterback rating. Now, quarterback rating is not a great number, right? There are better analytical ways of looking at quarterbacks. But he is not one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He is broken. He's not what he used to be. But if this were a football decision, you would have done this weeks ago. If this was based on how he's played this year, you wouldn't just wait until after you're eliminated. If you thought it was a football decision, you would have made the move sooner to improve your chances at making the playoffs. That's not what this is. Yeah, and it, it tells you he's lost the locker room in a respect as well because I know he was, there was no love lost last year. He was getting preferential treatment under Hackett. He had his own office. He had his own quarterback coach. Uh, when they had that game in Europe, he was you know, warming up on the plane, high-stepping throughout the aisle, and you know, just <laughs> corny. And I, yeah. I think a lot, a lot, he was getting preferential treatment, and a lot of guys resented that. Cause, well, he, you saw last week, right? He got sacked on a play. Not one of his offensive linemen went to help him up. Yeah. Wow. They all turned and walked the other direction while he got got up on his own. Well, so this so is totally a to business that. decision, right? Yes. Like, this isn't a okay. pl- performance decision. So let me, let me throw decision. this at you. Yeah. All right. So Russell Wilson has uh, thrown for 3,000 yards, which in the modern NFL is not that big a deal. He, if he finished the, the season, he'd be 34, 3,500 passing yards. 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Fine numbers. Does that strike you as someone that is being benched for football reasons? No. No. It, so just say it. <laughs> right. Don't lie. You're you're benching him because you don't want to guarantee him $37 million if he gets hurt. I find that to be perfectly fine. It is within the rules. You're you're allowed to make that decision. There's nothing in the contract that says you can't do this. No, but I bet it's going to come up in the next contract because uh he may not be the last player this happens. Now, this to. this is why I what I wonder and there there are other situations like this in sports. Now, so just branching this off and I know we're going to talk about uh, Mizzou's bowl game with Howard Richards a little bit later on. I might, I might be you're interested to get his thoughts on the whole name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal and the impact those things are having along with the NFL draft on players just opting out of bowl games. And I see a lot of reaction from people like, well, they took the money. They, the people, they should have to give back the money if they don't play in the bowl game. And my question to you is, A, why? And B, you want to be the school? That goes to claw back money from a guy. You think you're going to get the next blue chip guy if you're well, telling people that? Because this guy's looking out for his own future. Yeah. And I do wonder if that might be a stipulation in some of these going forward that it's you know barring injury, you know you have to play in the bowl game if we make it. No way it happens because you'll never get the blue chip guy. The blue chip guy will say, "I'm not signing that. I can go to Alabama and not sign that. I can get the same money from Miami, and they're not going to make me commit to that." There's just, that's the thing that drives me nuts about. The the way we, we're still stuck in college football with people wanting it to be like it used to be. The reason we're in this world now in college football is because the NCAA refused for 50 years to ever adapt. They just forced it to be the same until they started losing in court. And now they have no control over it. It's too late. And you're not putting the genie back in the bottle. You screwed up. You should have been doing this for the last 25 years, building this system on your own adding this voluntarily so that you could then have some control over the transfer portal and name image and license and all that. But because you wouldn't, you've now lost in court and you can't it's out of your hands and people want it to be the old way. But you know what? This is better than the old way. It's an unpopular opinion, 
it's better than the old way because, A, we get an actual playoff, and, B, the players now have the same rights to look out for themselves as the coaches have always had. Why has it always been okay for coaches to shop for jobs and leave and do all that, but, oh, my God, when a player does it, that's terrible. Agree? I agree with that, yeah. Here, here. Coaches have been doing it forever. Yeah. I'm with you. Good man. I'm with you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 